Chapter 5, Confidentiality, Part 2, Provisions. Contract Tip, The Requirement to Destroy or Return Information. Many confidentiality provisions and non-disclosure agreements require the receiver and its representatives to destroy or return all confidential information upon request or termination. Now let's be honest with each other. How many companies do you estimate destroy or return all of it? My estimate, 1%. Wait, maybe that's too generous. It's probably closer to 0.01% or 0.001%. So few companies comply because it's impossible to do so as these provisions are written. We live in a world where most confidential information is stored in digital format. Even if we try to delete it, there are backups and then backups of those backups. And even if a company is fantastic at record retention practices, I guarantee that some of the counterparty's information is still in a file somewhere. We need to move to a more workable and realistic approach. My favorite way to handle it is to require ongoing compliance with confidentiality and non-use obligations for so long as any of the confidential information is in the company's possession. Contract tip, watch out for these NDA landmines. Most commercial non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, have the same types of clauses, but sometimes I see unusual provisions that don't belong. Some of these provisions may work in corporate or employment contracts, but shouldn't be in the everyday NDA used in typical commercial transactions. Here are my five landmine provisions. One, liquidated damages for breach. Liquidated damages, or LDs, work well when associated with an objective fact, such as being three days late on delivery. Breaches of NDAs are factually complex and generally not a good match for LDs. Two, non-solicitation. To me, it is premature to agree to a provision in an NDA with a potential commercial counterparty. The parties are just starting to talk. If it does make sense for the transactions, the parties can add it to the negotiated commercial contract. Three, limitation of liability. These provisions are very risky in an NDA. They essentially set a price tag for taking and using the other's information because they set the maximum amount payable for using and disclosing in violation of the NDA. Four, intellectual property license or assignment. Mixing NDAs and licensing terms is not a good idea. If you need a license, sign a separate license agreement with the full scope of terms or include it in the main agreement between the parties. Five, non-competition and non-circumvention of a business relationship. These obligations do not belong in a typical NDA. They may work with strategic transactions where one side has access to sensitive trade secrets, but not in the standard commercial everyday NDA. Contract tip, required disclosure provisions. Required disclosure provisions, also called compelled disclosure, appear in most non-disclosure agreements and confidentiality provisions, 
they outline the process for the receiver to share the disclosure's confidential information with a government or other entity. Here's a checklist of five things that each provision should include. One, when can the receiver disclose? Most provisions use a required or requested standard. These are two very different approaches. Required means that the receiver must disclose under law, whereas requested goes to the receiver only being requested but not compelled to disclose. Two, what demands are covered? The language ranges from limiting them to a valid court order or law to any government or industry entity request. Three, what is the notice requirement? Some provisions impose a strict notice period, while others use the vague promptly standard. Four, what is the receiver required to do? Some require the receiver to take the lead in challenging the disclosure, and others only require its cooperation for the disclosing party to do so. Five, what may be disclosed? This category ranges from very narrow and limited scope of backed by a legal opinion to a broader scope of whatever information is requested. There is one practice pointer I want to share. Do not include required disclosure concepts as exceptions to the definition of confidential information. These provisions should be written as processes to deal with a specific situation. Contract tip, warranties and NDAs. Be careful about what warranties you include in your non-disclosure agreement or NDA. The most common warranty in an NDA is the accuracy disclaimer. It says that the disclosure does not warrant that the information is accurate or complete and prohibits the recipient from relying on it. I sometimes see warranties that the disclosure has the right to share the information it provides. I prefer not to include this unless the particular circumstances make it appropriate. This language gives the recipient a clear claim for breach of contract if the disclosure shares something that breaches its contract with a third party or infringes a third party's intellectual property. In very rare cases, I'll see a warranty that any disclosure complies with applicable laws. This warranty guarantees that the counterparty complies with the complex web of privacy, export, and other similar data restrictions. Tread very carefully when this warranty is in your contract, as it could be easy to violate in today's changing privacy environment. But that's usually it. I prefer to keep NDA's warranties very limited. After all, an NDA is a preliminary document in a minimal relationship. More extensive warranties should go in the main agreement if signed. Contract tip, don't include indemnification in NDAs. I feel strongly that standard commercial non-disclosure agreements or NDAs should never include indemnification provisions. It's too big a burden to impose on a counterparty at this preliminary point in the relationship. NDAs are typically signed just as people start discussing a potential transaction. At this stage, the interaction and relationship are minimal. 
There's been no value exchanged other than promising not to use or disclose the other's confidential information. In many cases, the parties will never sign any other contracts or do business together. This minimal relationship established by the NDA is disproportionate to the risks of agreeing to indemnify a counterparty. The burden of indemnification is a steep one. The indemnifying party has to pay all costs and lead the defense of the counterparty. All of this is based on an unproven claim. The wronged party has a remedy even if there is no indemnification. They can always file suit to recover costs if they can prove the counterparty is liable. Contract tip, three-party NDAs. Three-party non-disclosure agreements are just what they sound like. Three or more parties enter into a single agreement not to disclose or use a disclosing party's information. These multi-party agreements work only if very precisely drafted to address the complexities. If you're just adding another signature block to your standard two-party NDA, you may have problems down the road. In three-party NDAs, you must clarify how disclosures and liability flow between the parties. For example, can A share the information it receives from B with C? What if C then breaches? Because A shared with C, would we treat C as A's authorized recipient, making A liable? You also may need to customize the three-party NDAs for termination. Most three-party NDAs I've seen have the same termination language as two-party NDAs. You need to ask what happens then if A terminates for convenience. Does the whole NDA go away? Or what if A breaches? Can B immediately terminate the NDA even if C disagrees? You can draft the NDA provisions to address these situations, but that's precisely my point. You have to make sure that you have the wording in the three-party NDA to address the different scenarios that flow from having three parties. For these and many other reasons, I prefer to stick to two-party NDAs. They keep relationships clearer and make it easier to manage the information flow. Contract tip. Don't let your employees sign your counterparty's NDA. Let's say your counterparty wants you to have your employees sign their non-disclosure agreement, or NDA. The counterparty argues that the information is sensitive and they need this protection. My view? Just say no. Actually, don't just say no. Say hell no. I believe requiring your employee to sign an NDA with a counterparty is unfair to the individual employee. Your company is the one doing the deal. Your company is the one signing the NDA and promising compliance with the terms. Your company is liable for the actions of your employees. I believe we have an ethical obligation to protect our employees from these overreaches. Don't set your employees up by creating privity and increasing the risk they are named in a lawsuit. There are better ways to approach this concept. Make sure the NDA between the two companies says, one, the parties may only share received information with employees and representatives who need to know 
and signed confidentiality obligations at least as restrictive as in the NDA. And two, the receiving party is liable for any violations by its employees and representatives. Contract tip, mitigating risks after you sign an NDA. We all end up there sometimes. You've negotiated the best terms you could get, but the final signed non-disclosure agreement or NDA isn't what you wanted. Don't give up. You can take steps after the NDA is signed to mitigate your risk. Use these three steps if you end up with an NDA that is not as protective as you had hoped. One, instruct your team to limit the quantity and nature of information disclosed. Two, terminate the NDA early. Three, rigorously label confidential information for that counterparty and audit your terms compliance with that requirement. Now, if you've signed an NDA that is too strict for your comfort level, use these three steps to protect your company. One, create a limited team of who needs access and let the team know to keep that to this group. Two, restrict digital access using a restricted folder for those files with access limited to the authorized team. And three, use one person to receive all confidential information and refuse acceptance of any unnecessary information.